Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we are going to talk about angels. What are they? What are angels? And, yeah, and mm -hmm. I think uh, one place to, to maybe launch the whole discussion is um, I, I feel that angels are something that, that are very formal and written about and stem from the Bible. And so I think seeing the universal energies as being more of that angelic type stuff um, it gives people a sense of comfort when they're venturing out of religion into the consciousness, the world of consciousness, where things aren't cataloged. There isn't a road map. It's not fine-tuned into one thing or another. And so um, that's one, one way to look at that, it, is it's a step, step forward in that. Well, angels are something I happen to have had a lot of personal experience with having been shot and being on the other side and working with a wide variety of angels for a very long time. And um, uh, even years later, I was uh, formally introduced to angels in the earth plane where I was... Um, it's an interesting story. It was when I lived in uh, uh, Washington and I went out to dinner and, uh, in a jazz club and uh, I was alone and uh, this angel uh, came along and sat down and introduced himself as my guardian angel and I asked the name and he said Halo Wishes, um, which is now just simply Hal. I've been with this angel for so very long and in the course of the um, meeting of this being, I uh, said, aren't you guys supposed to be heralded by trumpets? And this was a jazz club, and the, uh, <laughs> this guy uh, opens a jazz number with a <coughs> trumpet solo, which I thought was interesting, and it went on for a couple minutes, and when it, was, when it went into the rest of the piece they were playing, uh, I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he goes, okay, are you satisfied? And that's been ever since with this particular being. Wow, that's a beautiful story. You know, I was doing, one of the reasons that we chose to, or the main reason we chose to do the show on angels is I woke up this morning and there is this lady that I've been working with for quite some time who has cancer and I just woke up thinking of her and this angel came and led me out of my body, so to speak, and before everybody goes, oh, what does that mean? We all do it when we go to sleep, and it's just a matter of are you aware of it or not. Anyway, uh, I was led very lovingly out, out of my body, and to me, like you, I always feel the angelic presence as something very loving. I know, um, well, I'll talk more about that other thing in a minute. Anyway, I just followed this angel, and I ended up standing on one side of this woman, um, this person, um, and the angel was on the other side, and I was just invited to join into this really profound healing moment. And then the angel just wrapped these metaphoric wings around her, and I, like a cocoon, and I just knew she was safe and protected. And it was almost as if this was, ex you know, like she was being delivered to something for, you know, for her healing in some way. And so I came back down and I thought, well, that's wonderful. And then I saw 
the, uh, uh, a water spot that looked just like an angel. There was like five things. I pointed a couple of them out at you. And, and like things of the right brain, those magical things, they, d they tend not to stick around in the left brain for very long because they're not supposed to be photographed and cataloged because they're magic and, um, and all that. But so we were guided uh, to talk about this today. So probably out there you have had your own experiences with this. And just to give a little background on this, uh, there's a book out there by Rosemary Guiley that's called The Encyclopedia of Angels. And it goes from, I, w I would say, one extreme, the very left brain world where each one, and she's not left brain, but uh, uh, totally left brain, but she's a, she's a historian and a um, you know, gatherer of information. But it's all about angels from the biblical sense. And you carry that all the way to the other side where there's Doreen Virtue and people writing cards where the angels have become from this dark, heavy thing to this light thing, sometimes so light, like, like angel of parkia that governs parking spaces, finding you parking spaces, and in a way kind of trivializing it. Trivial, is that a yeah. word, trivializing? Trivializing? Trivializing, yeah. Um, that whole thing. And so it runs all the gamut. And I think one of the things to communicate here that's really important is you're going to have your own relationship. And it's good to go out and study and all that, but maybe get to the point where you just allow them to show up like, and, and have your experience with them that are all your own. I believe if the human beings actually did claim their power, what it is we really are, the angels wouldn't have to work with anyone anymore. There would be no reason their job would be complete, they would move on to wherever it is they would be called. Because um, I don't know if anyone knows this, but what percent of your life do you create? Come on. Okay. <clears throat> Years ago, you could ask people that, and they would say 17%, 23%, 49%. Um, but then the some parrot got loose, and if you say, what percent of your life do you create, the person will automatically say, well, never percent of their <laughs> life. And uh, that's fun. Okay, so now the question is, uh, what percent of the time do you realize that you create 100% of your life? And we're back to 12%, 7%, 3%. Uh, the amount of time you realize you, this is you, and you're doing this. That's an unbelievable revelation to have. So, I, I mean, it puts you right in charge, and actually you always were right in charge. Things we don't know so much about. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a very, very good point. Um, but, I, I, you know, I was doing some thinking about that because my, my evolved perspective, which belief systems are hallways that you walk through. They're not rooms that you shut the door because if you do, you're really at a dead-end place. So whatever you believe, you have to remain open to the next thing that comes as well. Oh, yeah. But a long time ago, I did some automatic writing on what the structure was, and I was seeing, or it was shown to me in the form of a pyramid, like the all, the consciousness, and then it goes down into the angelic realm, where it's this, these universal type things, and maybe that feeds into archetypes, and then the masters, and then spirit guides, and all that. I'll have to dig that out, because it was very interesting, and I honestly, I just don't remember all the details on it. But what I was seeing and what makes a lot of sense is if you look at angels as being the mouthpiece, because they are usually if you go back and look at 
all the way from biblical writings to prior to that and, and other religious texts, that angels are always the communicator, the mouthpiece, the action verb of the divine, of God, or, or of the, the, the total consciousness. They're usually love in action in whatever way. So we assign the role of protecting to the angels or that, that um, or that's what we see, we identify with them. They're also the educators, the protectors, the empowerers, the sharers, the comforters. So they're the action of God. And, and if you look at God as being the consciousness, so we have the consciousness, then we have the action, and that is angels, and then we have us uh, uh, down here who, who uh, gets that communication and then uh, you know, responds and everything. So it really is like a circuit. So whether you believe in the more unicorn angels that have sparkles and that are beautiful women usually perched on something where there's nothing wrong with that, or you believe in angels as being a full spectrum, sometimes striking lightning, like the old biblical teachings, it's good to look at it as an open communication rather than a fixed egoic type of persona, I feel. But do what you want. I mean, everybody, it's unique. But when you open up to it to not be so uh, defined, I tell you, it comes like you're, you're talking. That was such a beautiful story. You're sitting there having dinner, and, and it just sh he shows up and, and makes his presence known. And when we don't have too much dog dogma or preconceived ideas, angels can come to us in any form because it doesn't have to weed through our belief system to get to us. Yeah, for a very long time, I communicate with angels directly when I'm with someone and their angel wants something communicated to them. Generally, mm -hmm. the angel will, um, uh, I will willingly go to a, a scene and uh, the description of the scene is um, glyphic. It's the person's life. There is something to be seen there. And then I look at the person in the scene and the expression, which is the angel, when I'm looking at the angel. I'm looking at the person in the scene, I'm looking at the angel, and the angel will um, present a system of symbols, and then that, which reminds me of emoji. Uh, when I wrote this evening's blurb, I was surprised to find emoji had um, s uh, several symbols for angels. I was really quite surprised. But uh, nonetheless, the angel will uh, reveal this glyph in symbols, and then I, um, during those moments, find the ability to translate it and then speak it to the person. And uh, this is uh, the method by which uh, so, uh, everyone's angels wish to be communicating with them uh, to assist us to awaken. It really is that simple. And there are so many, many, many people that are blocked that uh, that's another thing if everybody just accepted uh, angelic assistance. With the, the boy, this would be a different planet to live on. An enormous revolution of consciousness could occur overnight on our planet if everyone said, oh, that little voice told me to. Okay, it's correct that's a guide. It's correct it's your intuition. It's uh, correct that it's an angel, these little things. Uh, one of the most commonly uh, heralded epithets on our planet is, I knew it. And uh, yes, you did, you knew it, but you didn't act on it, and you didn't believe it, but you knew it. You know, so well, there's a point at which we can just step up 
get above yeah. this stuff. Well, you know, if we look at this idea of angels and how a lot of this did originate in biblical type teachings uh, that angels, the communicators of God, the helpers of God or whatever, or the universe or consciousness or all that is, whatever you want to call it, that it really, or do we want to take the call before I say what I was going to um, say? Here, go ahead, finish. And uh, caller, just hang on for one moment. Okay. Um, I, well, I, it's kind of a long thing and I don't want to make them wait, so go ahead. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, my name is Marie. Marie, what can we do for you? I just had a question, and Mary, I really wish you had uh, finished um, your thought on that matter, but uh, the main question here is, how do you know within your consciousness, when you're in an experience, that what comes next which way you go with it? Is it your ego? It can or be. Or is it your higher self, which is guiding you? Hmm. There is the conundrum. Yeah, you know, th there is so much to that. And I would recommend, the, I know I haven't posted it yet, but I did get it converted last night. A number of weeks back, we did a show, Is It Your Fear or Is It Your Gut? You know, because right. I, re I realized um, one time, uh, I, I thought it was my intuition telling me not to do something. Who knows? Maybe that still is the perfect thing and we have to go with it. But I think it all stems from the idea that there are correct answers and incorrect answers and that there's a landmine and we're going to get tripped up and we're going to fall and get into the wrong decision and then we will beat ourselves up indefinitely whether we project that on God punishing us forever and ever or we know the truth and so we beat ourselves up. If we don't look at anything as ever being a wrong decision, just think of the load off your mind. So then your intuition or whatever's coming to you doesn't have to get filtered through that fear of it being wrong. And it's when we filter it through our fear of being wrong that it gets distorted. And then we can't tell. Now with that being said, and there's a lot of depth to that, so um, those that, that are hearing that, I invite you maybe to replay the show at some point and listen to it again because there's a lot of depth. But also, there is a different place in your body that your knowing is. And in my psychic development series, I do some exercises where you get very familiar with what knowing feels like. You already are very familiar with that. Like if, yes. if I say, are you a woman? And you would say, yes. You know, or if you're a man out there, if, yes, I know that, yes. There's a feeling, there's a solidness. And if you start really identifying that, it feels very different from a guess or a wish or a hope or something like that. And so it's a matter of educating yourself to what your own feelings and, and stuff are. And you can't really get there if you're caught in that land of right and wrong where everything is being measured one way or another. So that's just one way. Of oh yeah, very. there are a number of reliable tools by which you can recognize your ego hidden. Um, uh, one of which is uh, if you are resisting something, uh, is a big clue that your ego is up to um, manipulating you. This seems to be a, we love our ego because of the infinite number of choices that there are. And uh, in order to function, we have to choose one of those things. And uh, that is a necessary and uh, good ego function. I prefer that one in that color and that size. Okay, yeah, all right, and technically that is your ego. 
but it, and it is on our side. But ego can work against you just as easily. This ought to be taught to three-year-olds, five-year-olds, definitely uh, elective in any college you would go to. But um, anything that you resist, you have to um, recognize that odds are that the ego is doing the resisting. Now, that, br that brings it to a place where you can examine it and make a far more loving decision about it than if you are blindly led by resistance. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I, I, I am 100% on board with so, that one, yeah. Uh, resistance always plays out as uh, attachment to outcome, as manipulation, as uh, guilt, as um, victimhood, as protection. blame. Yeah. Well, protection also, but protection would be the ego taking care of you. That's what, that was its job well, to do, not to manipulate you. Well, the, the state of protection yeah. is, is a non-growing, non-growth state. Yeah, if you've got the door slammed mm -hmm. and you're not, yeah, no, I understand yeah, that. Yeah, well, that, that's really a great question. Oh, yeah, Marie, we could do an entire show. Show on we this. did. We yeah. did. We did. And we, we will do more one. because yeah. there's a lot to be said about that. Because you don't know. And I think it has to get to trust. And the only way you can trust anything is to not see that there is a force at odds with you and your life and your choices. If we don't believe that there's a force that could make things wrong, that could that can make us be a bad person or whatever, if we don't see that that way and that everything is, is moving in our greater good at all times, then decisions become very, very different things. They're no longer trying to get the lesser of the evil or the, the, the like, oh, this. Because as we know, when we're making decisions, you can be confused. I remember I spent an entire weekend deciding whether to leave a job and go to a new job where I would start all over at the bottom, but I knew I needed to get out of this. And I wrestled with it. And my blessed friends, Brad and Judy, uh, just heard me all weekend long about it. Well, if I do this, this will happen. But if I do this, this will happen. Oh, no. And you can't compare because it's, it's not compare. We're the only species that knows how to compare. And we're the only species that is completely emotionally miserable. It's because of that gift, yes. quote unquote, <laughs> in comparing. And this is this whole thing, why you can't understand, is it my intuition or is it that? We get caught in that world of comparing two things and it's, it's maddening, it really is. That's why you have to get back to everything is perfect and as Neville says, either it's an ideal world or a perfect world, getting back into that and then you just know because whatever it is you do choose, that's when your life clicks in and you make it what it's going to be. It's not a matter of, of saying, okay, over here is a diamond waiting for me and over here is a, a cliff. So, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your call, Marie. We'd love to hear yeah. from you. Did you? Well, yeah. it, it, it's been wonderful. And, and uh, yes, I understand the parables that have been brought to me, uh, you know, within this conversation. And you're right, it's the threads that, um, you know, it comes down to you that confuses me. And mm -hmm. I do realize there is no right or wrong. And you're right, and I love y'all show, and, you know, I need Aww. to find out how I can get a little closer to you. Oh, yeah, we would love you to be closer. And you know what? The way you, and this is for everybody, the way to get out of this, this eternal conundrum, riddle thing, is to promise, look in the mirror and promise yourself, 
I will never withhold love from you again. And it doesn't matter what you do or don't do. It doesn't matter what decision you make. I am not going to withhold love from you. And guess what? You're no longer afraid because that's ultimately the thing we're afraid of is that oh. we will become unlovable. And if somebody else finds us unlovable, then we will see ourselves as unlovable. We will turn off that faucet of love, and that's where unhappiness resides. Yeah. So if you say, I'm never going to do that, then there is no threat from outside. You see what I mean? So then there yeah. can't be a wrong decision. There can't be a disapproval. And that's really the secret to happiness, ultimately. Yes. Yes, I realize that. Yeah. yeah. So I realize that. I yeah. understand that. Well, that's great. Uh, another uh, piece of um, muscle you can build is the uh, uh, people are so afraid of decisions, which is an absurd concept, uh, because you can make a decision and then a moment later make a completely different decision that voids the first decision, and the universe will activate the most recently made decision. Uh, we are unbelievably powerful beings. We do not have a clue, and we are taught that we are not. From the very beginnings of our lives, we're taught that we're incompetent, and blah, blah, blah. I don't even want to give air to the list of what it is we're taught to be. We're magnificent beings. We can do anything we choose to do. Just simply choose to do it. Ask anybody who's uh, you know, the uh, grand world standard, the self-made bajillionaire, um, you know, how did you do that? Well, I just did it. Really? Yes. Yes. Okay, did. and um, did you ever doubt yourself? Well, of course, but I'm too busy to doubt myself. I have a life to live. Others are supposed <laughs> to doubt me. I don't have to. Yes. Yeah, no, true. I own, you know, we, the human race, let's own some power. Let's put down this entire thing. Love is the method by which we grow and change. And... Um, the entire of the dark side wants you never to know that love even exists. Absolutely. So, yeah, however dark you are, I love you for it. It was kind of you. What a noble spirit to have agreed to incarnate in such a dark role. Love you. Come here. And they run away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is our role, and you're right, Neville. Decisions. Decisions when it affects other people is what holds me from realizing my greatness. Okay. Now, uh, just because you phrased it that way, your decision cannot affect another person. The only thing that can affect another person is actually the other person. The other person. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, uh, all of life is an unbelievably choreographed uh, symphony. Um, there are no victims. The, the police shows now won't even say the word victim. They just say Vic. Who's the Vic? That's the Vic. That's the Vic. Okay, we got the Vic. Vic. Yeah, it'll eventually be just V or V, you know, as our language becomes even more languaging. Well, I, t I tell you, just a, a little moment, and I know, uh, thank you so much, Marie, um, yeah. for, uh, for bringing up this conversation, but victimhood, like whenever we feel someone has done something to us, we're in effect taking this chain and a leash and we're handing it to someone else. If we yeah. say they are responsible for my problems, we Happiness. are giving the reins of our life over to that person. And you know what? We're tricked into thinking the empowerment lies in the victimhood. Like, <laughs> this person, my boss is oppressing me, my wife is oppressing me. We feel powerless when we say that. And guess what? The way to stay in under someone else's power is to continue thinking of yourself as being victimized by that person. The way to no longer be victimized is say, 
you can do whatever you want, but you don't have any power over me because I am now the master of myself. And well, anyway, that's another topic. But, yeah. but thank you so much for calling. We we yeah, love to hear from you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anybody else that would like to call in, please do. We always love that. And for those that um, may not um, see the call-in number, I know it's up periodically. There it is: five seven one seven four nine eleven sixty six. And if you're listening to this on audio, you can always call in on Thursday nights between 8.30 and 9.30 Eastern. Um, okay, so uh, just a little, <coughs> a quick um, thought that I was going to say earlier, just to finish sure. that, that uh, equation, is I find that when we were in the mode of traditional religion where there is a church and a priest or a minister or some deity over there and it was way over there and that was our only route to get to God. At least, you know, that's the way it seemed. And I told you that cartoon I saw about people standing there with a phone up to the priest and the phone, the priest had a phone to God and then a guy outside on a cell phone talking directly to God. Well, that's more of where we are evolving to, mm -hmm. for sure. And I think that when we look at this spirit form or this communication, this mouthpiece of all that is as being an angel, it looks, it, it, it brings it up to a frequency and there was some value in seeing that God and the priests are way up here because in order for us to approach it, we had to raise our vibration. When God or the idea of God is present and sitting next to us at the Denny's in this kind of consciousness, we tend to not elevate ourselves. So when you look at it as an angel, it forces you to raise your vibration in order to communicate. So I think there is some good in that, you know, or some value in that. I always love to talk to myself because I know I'm talking to God. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about yeah, there's truth, and I'm, yeah. I'm not denying that, but I'm saying if we don't raise our frequency when we go to the divine, we start giving it attributes of the ego and anger and retribution and vengeance and judgment. But if we raise our frequency, we see it in a purity, a divinity, and mm -hmm. until we can really master our ego, we're going to filter the divine through our ego unless we get ourselves out of it when we approach it. Yeah, very well Think put. about that for a while. Yeah, yeah. So our process, our evolution, our becoming better people, it's very interesting to have incarnated because you kind of start from scratch and start building, um, building yourself up to become more conscious. Um, and meditation, as we say, always helps, and this gives us the uh, point at which we can access... Uh, That's true greater intelligence coming down to us from ourselves, to ourselves. There's really this idea that there's any separation anywhere in the universe is a laugh out loud joke on a certain level because it's all one thing. We really buy this body of evidence that we're separated into humans and animals and occasionally birds and once in a while buildings, but primarily planets. No, there's no separation. It's all one thing. There isn't a division. Yet we agree to the illusion that there's division in order to <clears throat> grow and change and evolve. And all that's very interesting and well put. However, uh, there's absolutely no reason for it. I mean, yes to the evolution, but 
you know, this is all one thing. Could we act like it? No, we can't, because then we'd be evolved. Yeah, does this work? Are we doing this? Yeah, okay. This is the um, latest painting, which is, that's right, you've guessed it, it's a moonlight. I'll wait for the applause to die down. Yeah, good, okay. Uh, the moon is Mother Nature's nightlight. I don't know why people don't take more advantage of it. Why do you buy a nightlight? Because it's the dark of the moon. Fine. Um, you know, there are so, um, it's so important, our discovery of um, solar energy. They've, uh, they're releasing a design for an all-solar car. And if they will do that, I will get one of those, because that's got to be fun. It just has to be. Anyhow, this is uh, titled Moonlight. It's on uh, uh, Fine Art America. Uh, if you go to the website and you go to the art, that'll take you directly to Fine Art America. And I have a show coming up this uh, opening this weekend at um, Lake Ann, jo uh, Joanne Rose Gallery at Lake Ann. Yes, just like being on the moon, isn't it? God. Works for me. I, I, yeah, anyhow. It was a lot of fun to do that. That took me a it's long beautiful. time. I was surprised. I think that's one, you know, I always say this. And so it's true, though. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. But it, I just think that's one of my very favorites that you've ever done. I love the concept. I love light bulbs, strangely. I just like. Well, it means idea. Like, yeah. <coughs> and I like the metaphor, or, or you know, like what it's communicating. The, the moonlight and it's just very brilliant on a lot of levels so yeah thank you and it's very lovely yeah it's um, and you can even get your prints um that i have it up on the website as you were saying you could go in and then you can go to a place and even order cards with your art on it mm -hmm. uh, which is a really good idea to do because then you can give people cards with art and then take the front because it's very well done, and put it in a little frame, all for under five dollars. You know, it's, so it's really a, a great idea. <coughs> so very good. Which you is know, excellent. Yeah, thank you. I I have also found that the angels, or what we think of as angels, are the benign, loving presence in the universe. You know, just that divine lovingness, and. Um, one of the things with that is, is that um, when we connect with them, we're connecting to the essence of divine lovingness. And I recall a time in my life I was very depressed and sad, and I won't even go into it, but a lot of really heavy-duty things are going on in my life. And I remember lying there, and I just heard my name being called, and it was and it felt like it was God's voice. It was back when I was still looking for my answers in traditional religion and in psychology, mm -hmm. and then found my, my true path uh, mm -hmm. when I heard the words, your beliefs create your reality back in 1979, mm -hmm. and it changed everything for me. But I remember the feel of it stroking my face, um, this presence stroking my face. And so the angels or the angelic realm and this is all as I see it. Everybody will have their own view, and it's no point in us arguing about what is right and what isn't right, because it's really a matter of subjective to you, and all we can do is share our own experience. But to me, 
the essence of that compassion that I felt elevated me to have compassion for myself. So there is a, a love that is communicated that we connect with. Whereas spirit guides, the way I see that, um, and, and we're talking about all this being the same thing, they are doorways into the knowing, uh, whatever that may be, the spirit guides are like teachers and there is information and there's intellect and everything and it's not, I mean of course there's love and there's a compassion, but there's just something so loving about that angelic presence that just comforts you when you can't really reach out too much. Yeah, and we'll always be there. But you always have to call it first. Well, that's, there's a whole um, etiquette amongst angels stating that uh, they are not, um, not to make decisions. That they may advise, but they do not make decisions. Uh, same thing with spirit guides. It's a very important caveat to be aware of mm -hmm. uh, because once you understand that you call the angel to assist you, um, you're put right back in the saddle because the angel will go, well, if you will do this. Yeah. Okay, and so you, um, they will not take your power from you uh, because it's uh, one of the reasons you incarnated, put on the body and walked around here was to recognize that you're in charge of all this. Uh, and you are, so act like it. Quit fooling around. Stop pretending other people uh, run you or control you or any of those, uh, that wonderful set of words that keeps us from our power. Uh, if you transmute guilt, you are free. Uh, people believe that uh, guilt keeps the world intact. Uh, uh, just the opposite, that's the, the complete opposite of what's going on. Uh, freedom is doing, uh, freedom is love. Those, the, those words fit together really well. Uh, once you would figure out what it is you would love to do with your life, doors will open magically for the rest of your life. It doesn't do it any other way. You do have to decide what would you love to do with your life. And we've said so many times on the show, if there was no money, no such thing as money. We live on an advanced planet. We don't trade in currency anymore. Now, once we stop trading in, trading in currency, you would realize that the only thing that actually has value is time. Uh, and they really confused us well with the expression, time is money. It's not true. Time is time. Money is money. They aren't synonyms. They aren't. The only example I have of this is from Star Trek when they would, uh, uh, next generation Star Trek, when they would gamble, you know, data and, and the crew would sit around and play cards. And they never bet money. There was no money to bet. What did they bet? They bet time. I think my hand is better than yours. Uh, if you win this, I will work one half hour of your duty shift for you. And if you lose, then you'll work half hour of my, and that's the bet. That's really the bottom line. It yeah. is, yeah, and the rest of it's the bottom lie. How's that for Yeah, I coin? love it, the bottom yeah. lie. Yeah. The bottom lie. I always go to the last line of whatever it is to find out the bottom lie. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And... Of course, it's short for line, but still, ooh. So this is it, you know, remember who you really are. 
anything you want to happen will happen. Uh, want isn't the word. Anything you desire to happen will happen. We have been set up so backwards that people believe in the word jinx, that if I desire this, then that's the last thing that will, no, cancel. That's not the way it is. I love that for that concept for existing because it gives me something to outgrow. That's why I love it. Must search for love in everything. Uh, that's the whole point of the incarnation. Search for what there is to love. That yeah. is the deal. Well, and I know we, we have millions of years of evolution that tells us that if we search for what is not lovable, what is scary, what is after us, we have a better chance of survival. And maybe and if we lived in the Serengeti and yeah. there were lions everywhere, maybe that's true, uh, to only to a slight extent. But that's the I, obsession. I really feel that this lie that we have to live under stress in order to be motivated, so we are definitely driven with stress as a motivator. Uh, we even raise our families, uh, children, either through guilt or through violence or through fear, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and so our, our outer world does the same thing, but what if we all became masters of ourselves and we did a good job and we worked our way into excellence for ourselves, for our own self, and I think that we could redefine the word discipline, self-discipline. I remember as a kid, if you heard discipline, that meant you were gonna be confined to your room or grounded or something, but discipline really means loving yourself to the point where you are going to lovingly be your own authority figure and not make it outside of you. It doesn't mean that you're going to just shirk all self-responsibility. I mean, that's like throwing your power down. That's like flushing it down the toilet if you don't have power in your own world. But, back, up, but the, but back upstream some distance, the external stress, that explains the uh, zombie uh, obsession that our race is going through. There are now 57 different shows that have zombies regularly. Well, you started that when you did Zombie Mooners. Yes, long, long ago. But uh, Which was funny, and Ralph crammed in a can, and it's on no, YouTube. Cram yeah, Ralph crammed in a coffin. Right, and it's on YouTube. Look under Zombie Mooners. But uh, that idea of the negativity. Um, and our uh, beloved negativity. Pat Coffee starred in it, and he did Yes, he was Ralph himself. As did everyone else, and Jerry Moore helped so much with that. It yeah, was Jerry really, did directing on that. Yeah, and the, all the editing and everything. It, it's really humorous, but. Yeah, it is, actually. And it was a lot of collective writing and a lot of writing that you did. Zombie yeah. Mooners, it's on YouTube. Yeah, uh, go look it up. It would be a fun thing to just have a lark that way. But uh, this concept of uh, zombies are always interested in brains. And, brains. And so that's why that's so popular, because everybody thinks, more brains. I'll be better with more brains. No, no, slow. Slow down there. You would be far better off with more heart, simply because the brain thinks and the heart knows. Like the Tin Man. Yeah. Another great parable of our... Uh, uh, cinematic uh, culture that we live in here today. Well, and, Once and upon a yeah, time. If we, if we look, I know we, we may have um, drifted from the angel topic for a bit, but it's all the same thing. Ultimately, if we look at the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy's magic slippers that could take her home, mm -hmm. that's like somebody out there can give you your power like um, or something. your job or somebody giving you the respect you think they're not giving you. 
when all along you had the power right in yourself to go home. Yeah, you are already home. Please chill. That's the way this works. I mean, really. You already had all the power over you anyway. It's just all the rest has been a journey to take to learn other things, not, not yeah. your power. Your power was used as a tool to get you to learn these things. That's why we humans get such a heavy dose of amnesia when we incarnate, is for us to, um, well, first of all, you redo everything. But then when you're done redoing everything, you're more advanced than you were the last time around. It's an interesting wheel to be stuck on. If you ever want to get off the wheel of karma, uh, you really do have to love everything all the time. The distance between the event and you're recognizing it as love has to be as quick as that. Uh, pardon the word, has to, but the more you develop the idea of recognizing everything is love, the more streamlined the entire flight path is on this planet. You could get so hip to that that you wouldn't have to be here. Oh, for the thousand years of taking people into past lives, any number of people have sat down and said, please tell me this is my last incarnation. Yeah, we whine during our last incarnation, that's a good point. Yeah, I used to tell people if you are really wanting it to be your last incarnation, that's a clear sign it won't be. Because yeah. you have to love something away. You can never hate anything away. Yeah. Hate is well, like part. that pesky static, like when you have a piece of cellophane and you're trying to throw it away and it comes over here or a piece of fuzz. But love, yeah. then it's done and well, it moves on to its next yeah. love, love destination. That's a Lucifer's exclusive job. Love me, love me. So everything jumping up in your face in your life is really saying, please love me. So mm -hmm. the part of me that is looking for love, like so whatever's going on in your life, this is a part of me looking for love and I have to give it to it. Yeah. Lucifer's exclusive job description is to get people to love. Nobody quite understands that. Doesn't mean love Lucifer. Just means love. Thanks for playing the dark deal there. Well, every time we make a, an angel or a saint, we create a demon and every and, and yeah. neither of them are real. <laughs> They're just... You know, whatever. I've already had that discussion with Carolyn Mace, um, much to the, um, I got severely like a persecuted and attacked for bringing up that concept oh, people that, that maybe there isn't that a devil, okay? And uh, uh, so at any rate, I know we are getting ready for the duck, which at this time you can call in for readings. Mm -hmm. But you can call in at any point during the show with questions. We are completely people open to that. By far more. And if, if no one wants readings, you can call in with questions now. We don't have to do readings. It's just a little service I offer people mm -hmm. to let you know that we can get in touch with a part of us that has a larger picture. Yeah. What were you going to say? People are far more attached to their belief systems. And I had a conclusion there, but I forget what it was. So uh, than anything else, you're more once you have a belief system, you're more attached to it. Any, any genius worthy of the term has screamed, I've been looking at it all wrong. That's a very, very good point. Okay. Here come the duck, and here's Barry, our duck dangler. Okay, and I got loved ones in spirit are watching over you, and they send their love, and that they are always close by. Give a gift to someone for no reason. See how it comes back. 
Okay. That's very well done. <laughs> the duck wanted a kiss. I hadn't seen it in three weeks. <laughs> that was cute. Thank you, mm -hmm. Mary. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Excellent dangling. So, all right. Um, so we'll open up to readings if you choose. Yeah. And or now you were saying, uh, what were you saying right as we started to do the duck? Uh, people are more attached to their belief systems. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, I've said for a number of years, and it's just another way of saying that, and I think I might have said it earlier, that belief systems are hallways, not rooms, that we lock the door. Yeah. Because once you get confined into a belief system, there's something becomes bigger than you, which is the other belief you're avoiding. And so you want to remain bigger than anything that comes into your field by accepting, at least acknowledging it. Do we have a call? Being exclusively attached to your belief system is an early form of Alzheimer's. <laughs> Hi, oh, caller. Geez. What is your name, please? Cancel that. Jennifer? Jennifer, what can we do for you? Yes, hi. I was wondering if I might be able to have a reading tonight. Sure. sure Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. All right. Uh, the first card is the postponement card. And one of the things that we tend to do is, I will do that in the future when my kids are out of the house, when I have the money, when I get the good job. We're always projecting our happiness into some point in the future. And we're taught to do that. And this card is saying, allow the, the, the happiness that had been projected into the future to come. And it really starts in that throat chakra, it's seeping through around that throat chakra, and it's, it's bringing it in. So it's telling you to communicate, maybe write down your thoughts, your feelings, like what would happiness be to you? And well, it could be that love of romantic relationship could be the thing that is being created. That uh, I, I find that we are far more comfortable with the hope of something beautiful in the future and being unhappy now, at least we have something to look forward to than being happy and then have to look forward to something unhappy. But we don't have to have it like that. We don't have to pay for our happiness with misery, period. So what this is saying is that there is a deepening of relationships in your life, what, however that may manifest for you at this time. And so it's saying really start looking and seeing who you are. Because if you don't communicate who you really are in that relationship, then that relationship won't be what you really want. And it's not the other person's fault. And, you know, in our relationships. It's really what, what was I attracting? What did I feel like I had to communicate? And so then this gets um, into, it, this always reminds me of going away on a mindfulness retreat or really just being alone and having that beautiful spirit of meditation. And I feel like somebody in your life could be that partner that might be spiritual and that that's something that you really need to take into consideration, that that's going to be important to you, somebody that is compatible in the spiritual realm. Oh, absolutely. It, it is an important yeah. thing. Otherwise, it, and, it, it um, can be. Procrastination, um, what was the word that was so similar just a moment ago? Um, postponement. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Procrastination is something we're taught to do from earliest childhood. Yeah. Very first time you get a homework assignment, you remember how to procrastinate. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello? Uh, hi. Yes, you? say hello. Hey. 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 Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought there was somebody ahead of me. This is Lina. Oh, Lina. Lina. All right. Hi. hi. I've, got a t I've got something wrong with my uh, telephone. 
So I'm gonna. I'd love um, a reading, Mary. Oh. It's a birthday reading. My birthday was October 30th, but oh. I was out of town. And I thought about you, and I love having birthday readings. Oh, well, I would love to give you a birthday reading. Thank you, my we dear. Are and I'm going to so hang up because it's so hard to hear you with okay. the buzzing. Sounds good. I love you. I love you, too. And the world is such a better place with you in it. So we are <laughs> all you. celebrating your birthday. Thank you. You, too. Bye-bye. Oh, thanks. Bye-bye. And look at the card. We got success. And success, remember I've said many times on the show, we typically define our happiness by how successful we are. It's really the other way around find our uh, success by how happy we are and I feel like you really get that you probably are one of the few people I've met that I know you really get that and that is something that you know whatever we get in life whether it's we heal an old pain or we climb out of depression whatever we do we are updating the da cosmic database that everyone then has access to this is also talking about looking at some things more from the eyes that you were successful at it. Not that you look back and say, oh, I did this wrong or I did that wrong. But it's like everything, all debts have been paid. Everything is, is perfectly settled. It's like there, there's no imbalances anymore in the universe, in, in your world. <clears throat> and you know what? When there is a complete balance, the scales are equal, so then there becomes an integration, putting things together. And I feel like you have put so many things in order, and now all the connections are ma being made internally, and it's causing all the little gaps or separations to become uh, closer in, so that, you know, ultimately, you know, I've always said that if we have emotional pain, it's like something that separates us from us. And so we become at one with ourselves when we remove that. And I just feel like there's a lot of integration going on on that level. And you're going to have a baby. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the patient's card can talk about hormonal things sometimes of the ups and downs of that. So, you know, just be uh, mindful that it's just a cycle and, and this too shall pass. But it's also talking about getting into your own rhythms and cycles. And it feels like... You know, you may, we all go through a creative cycle where we get real creative. We start doing some writing or painting or something, and then we kind of go out. You're getting ready to go into a real active cycle in your creativity. So um, just be patient for that, I guess. Oh, cyclic. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're talking about the idea of angels in everyone's life. There are angels in everyone's life, whether or not they know it. You can amp that up times a decimal place. Uh, by acknowledging it, by accepting it, by activating it, by using it. Uh, that's the angels came here to be of service. Yeah. So we say the ultimate service that can ever be rendered is for us to catch on to the idea <clears throat> that there's no separation and therefore and no ego involved in this. We are all God and everything that happens in our life is our idea. We've just been taught so many off-kilter ideas that our lives may appear to be less than what they could be, but it's simply not true. You just decide what your life is, and your life becomes that, except for relentlessly tricked by things like money. I don't have enough money to be, you know, just an enormous sure. series of tricks uh, in order to keep us from um, being who it is we really are, and we don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a very good point. Yeah, and we can um, certainly ask for uh, 
divine assistance, angelic assistance, assistance. Uh, it is perfectly all right to say help. It's perfectly all right to receive. Well, I, you know, speaking of that asking that you shall receive or whatever that expression is, asking is given, the thing is, is we, this really, the universe does operate on an ask. Yeah. That's why we can be in the dark. And I, I've gone through every kind of a phase, and mm -hmm. one of them, I, I stopped believing that there was anything out there. And I would, in the middle of the night, just say, if there's anything out there, just come to me. Give me something. It would just be radio silence and complete blackness. And it was just like, you know, a, a deadness feel. And um, I realized I wasn't really asking for it. It was more like a challenge. Like I, I didn't want to find anything because I just wanted to be right about that, that I'm all alone and the world's a miserable place. But nothing, and then after that, the angelic feeling, whatever we want to call that, comes to me and I, I felt very comforted. And I remember asking, why didn't you come to me in those times when I really needed you? And I was told you have to ask. And to ask, you must raise your vibration. So if you're stuck in the basement of the vibrational building and you feel like you're stuck and there's nothing there, you have to do something to raise you up. Even if it's just visualizing something higher vibrationally than you are and matching yourself, just asking is like reaching a hand up. Mm. And it raises you and then you're on the floor where you can see them. But if you don't ask, if you don't reach out, that is the deal, isn't it? Well, You're stuck there until you learn to. Yeah. And it's not a punishment. It's just the it's, way it is. That was very inspiring. My aphasia got so bad that I no There's longer a, go I through... Joke. Got so bad that I no longer go through phases. I see. But I can't I remember. I knew it was a joke so. when he said that was inspiring. I said, okay, what's coming next? <laughs> okay, that was funny. So I know we're down to our last two minutes. I am going to be scheduling in January um, the Psychic Development Series again and mm -hmm. the Tarot Series, learning, uh, learning the Tarot to speak to your angels, to get higher guidance, using it as a vocabulary to get guidance rather than just only predictive type stuff. And, uh, and I'm going to be doing EFT training, and it could be uh, in the spring I might do a retreat Ooh. where you get certified in EFT as a practitioner and you have a week, you know, several, four days of healing as well. So if anybody's interested, that would be a small group, and I would, uh, people could contact me now. And we would probably be like, going off somewhere at the retreat. Yeah, and I'm still looking and for then, people that would like to uh, remember how to read palms and faces mm -hmm. uh, as a mentorship thing, and uh, please to uh, Which uh, is contact. very valuable. And it's an amazing thing. You have to keep it quiet. People don't want to know. And you I've know been these talking things. Neville into doing his galactic history again and the Merkaba. So at any rate, yeah. check because I'll have Neville's stuff published soon too. Yeah, and we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays. If you'd like to join us in person, it's Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle, and um, love to see you there. Uh, come. It's or if fun. you're in the Bizarro world, it's To Be Ruse Days. To Be Ruby Tuesdays. To be Ruby Tuesdays or not to be Ruby Tuesdays, but at any rate. Or Muse Days. Yeah. So, so long mused. as we're having fun. Come be a muse. Yeah. <laughs> and the opening is this Saturday uh, at um, Joanne Rose Gallery. Oh, and by the way, I did get a few more of Neville's waveform generators up on the website. 
Oh, yeah. So if people wanted to have a look. Mm -hmm. There's many others, so if you don't see stones you, you're looking for there, just contact us. Okay, mm -hmm. well, it was our joy and honor to take you to the door. And you're going through.